now. Happy, happy vibes, my friends. Welcome back to my podcast, Vibes by Alicia, where I believe in spreading killer vibes that light you up and give you that kick in the ass to craft the life you wish to live. This sacred space is dedicated to the lovers of all things business, travel, and lifestyle. Hey, it's about time you get the scoop on the latest vibes. So let's get to it. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen into the podcast today. I'm really excited to bring you a guest with a very unique perspective on relationships and friendships. So it's both, right? Relationships and friendships. And so her name is Sherry Jacobs. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Alicia. And she's the author of The Friendship Diet, Clean Out Your Fridge, Get Real, and Fill Your Life with Meaningful Relationships at Last. I like that. It's a nice, big, long title. <laughs> yes. Lots of food for thought. <laughs> yeah, I like you it. Open the book. <laughs> I like it. My guest, Sherry Jacobs, is the author of The Friendship Diet. She shines a light on the reasons why people often feel unfulfilled in their intimate relationships and how to practice proper care and feeding of those connections. No one wants to suffer the consequences of empty calories. And we hear those empty calories all the time, by the way, Sherry. I hear them all the time because I'm with a doctor now and she's and we talk about my nutrition. I'm like, oh, I can't do empty calories. And you say it's not good for your relationships either. No, absolutely not. We tend to not want to buy the nutritional foods when we go to the supermarket and we're starving, right? Yeah. So what do the doctors tell us? What do the nutritionists tell us? They say, never go to a supermarket on an empty stomach because you're going to pick those empty calories. So one of my chapters is a well-stocked fridge will help keep your knickers on. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was going to mention to you that your book has the best titles for each chapter. Thank you. There's one called um, Happy Meal Dating. We'll talk about what is a happy meal yeah. dating. Identifying empty calories. We talked a, bit, a little bit about that right now. And then the buffet line myth. Yeah, they're so clever. Did you come up with those on your own? I they're did. They're so good. I did. And that's, I mean, the whole origin of the book kind of just came to me. What do they say in life? You make lemons out of, um, no, you make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. You can make lemons out, out of, of lemonade. lemonade. <laughs> well, you might be a magician. That's right. We can retire. Yes. Uh, so my, my idea came just from all of those lemon-like experiences. Uh-huh. Uh, I had gone through um, the death of my husband at a young age. And then I was married um, to someone I considered very controlling. And it mm. took all of my emotional and psychological grit to find the courage to get out mm-hmm. after over 13 years of marriage. And when you're at that point, and you look back, Einstein's quote just kept percolating in my mind. Right. The insanity quote, the, you do the same thing over and over and expect a change or yeah. expect something different. Yeah, insanity. That's the one. Yeah. Insanity, yeah. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. what is going on here? And I write about that in the book. I was like a monkey going from yeah. one tree to another looking for bananas, hungry for those yeah. Figurative or literal bananas with, I think a lot of women have this of, God forbid you should be on your own. God uh-huh. forbid uh-huh. you should look within for your own answers and your own counsel. Mm-hmm. 
Instead, I was looking for self-esteem in men. And that's a recipe for disaster. And those are empty calories? It's empty calories. That's a different kind of um, takeoff from that. Uh-huh. Because for different people, empty calories are going to look very different than okay. someone else. Some, uh-huh. You know, an athlete will need lots of carbs, right? But then someone who uh, has, you know, craves meat, their body is telling them. It's, oh, it's I see. about okay. listening to what uh-huh. you need. Um, there are, There's going to be seasons in your life right. where you're like, yeah. you know what? I want some empty calories. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. it. And giving yourself that compassion. But what I was doing, I kept looking for sustenance and um, tasty food, so to speak, right. in relationships that only that didn't satiate me, that were only on the surface mm. um, because I wasn't going within. Mm-hmm. My my Emma was, please like me. Please like right, me. Oh, my right. God, you like me? Oh, my God. Um, yes. And my first husband had a lot of psychological issues. Oh, interesting. We connect with people who are very much like us, I believe, energetically. Okay. I believe that, too. Yeah. So we meet. That's part of our spiritual growth, I believe. And I think that's the reason why some people have um, a good relationship in terms of, like it doesn't have, it doesn't need that much work. There's just a connection because the mm-hmm. energy level is pretty much similar or the same. Yeah. And you'll notice mm-hmm. a lot of times people meet the right person when they're not right. trying. Right. They're already satiated with themselves. So they yeah. go to the grocery store, they go on the outer aisle, they pick the healthy foods not the empty calories, not because they're trying to be good, but they're already satisfied. You'll hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't looking, and then I met him. Yes. I was finally happy with myself, and then I met him. Uh-huh. I wasn't trying to get pregnant. I because there was an start- openness, right? Yeah. There was no blockage. Yeah. You block yourself. And I think that's one thing that really a lot of women don't understand, and it's not just the mindset and not, not just the thinking process. It's just how your energy is. If it, that energy is open, right, and, like, um, welcoming, then things just come, I think. Yeah. That's sort of um, the laws of the universe. It really is. Right? It's all connected. It's all yeah. connected. Yeah. So what inspired you to write this book, Sherry? Because you mentioned you published in July of 2021. I think it was 2021 uh-huh. or 20, 2022. 20, 2022, so. I saw, maybe it was 2020. <laughs> okay. I to remember. Okay. It was when the pandemic really hit hard. Okay, that was 2020. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 2020. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what inspired you to, to write this book? So when I was divorced, there's nothing like a death, and a divorce is a form to me of a death, a death of what could have been, what didn't work out. Yeah. And you're kind of spiritually on your knees at that point. And at that point, I was finding myself saying everything that has to do with food, I'm craving connection. Uh-huh. I'm hungry for someone. Okay. Um, I'm starving for love. All kinds of words were percolating mm-hmm. in my head about mm-hmm. relationships and food, you know, this idea of we feed ourselves all the time with our bodies, but we don't even realize we're constantly feeding ourselves with our relationships. Okay. And I thought, well, wait a second. I keep doing the same thing, throwing myself at a man, hoping he'll like me, 
Then when that doesn't work out, God forbid, yeah, I clean out my figurative fr- fridge. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. God forbid I go with uh-huh. men. Nobody wants to look at the fridge. Right. Don't look in there. There's mold. There's, yeah. Uh, so instead of going in, I just, you know, I would meet another man. And so when this second marriage ended, um, the first one because of death and the second one because of divorce, I thought, there's something here. There's food for thought. And I'm going to change my paradigm. Uh-huh. I'm going to clean out my fridge and okay. get real with myself. I gotcha. And so I just started writing about relationships in terms of food. Are are relationships toxic? Are they are they um, fulfilling me? And, and was I, this a process through therapy? I mean, were you going through therapy at this point where the maybe the psychiatrist suggested or the therapist said, hey, maybe write it down and see if you can find some analogy with this scenario that's happening to you? No, this just came to you. It just came to me. Okay. I, I wasn't in therapy right. for it. Wow. Yeah, okay. No, this is, I had been in therapy for years, uh-huh. um, but I was not in therapy when I got this idea. I was rock bottom. Okay. You know, and it was like you get to this point spiritually where you realize, okay, I have one of two choices. You know, Brene Brown talks about mm-hmm. your midlife. Mm-hmm. In the first half of life, you, do, you have this armor on, but you're all shiny and new. So you yes. don't have to deal with it. You don't feel right. it. But the second half of life, once we get into our 30s, 40s, 50s, and on, the mm-hmm. armor starts to chip away just because of life happening to us. Yes. And you have a choice at that point. You have a crossroads. You can either keep holding on to that armor, even though it's falling apart, and dig your heels in deeper mm-hmm. and keep saying the same things that you always said as your body falls apart spiritually, physically, mentally. Or you could right. go into the wilderness and say, Be adventurous. Yeah, holy crap. Try I'm something doing, different. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. And so the scariest thing for me. Right was to empty my fridge and be on my own. And I, ref- I refused to allow myself to date for a year. Right. And how many times do we, even in a, in, in a non-relationship, do we go into our fridge and look in our fridge to see what's in there that's gross and junk and old and you need to just throw it out? Yeah. We, we don't think about that. And it's sort of like going inside ourselves and looking out, okay, I've been doing this forever. It's the whole idea of insanity, doing the thing over and over. Exactly. But... I'm just too stubborn to think of or see it, you know, or say, no, 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 it's going to work out for me no matter what. And I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because eventually it'll just happen. And it doesn't because things just didn't change. Right. It's so much easier to blame it on the external, but we shine from the inside out. And you mentioned that this is something that can happen in friendships and relationships. So it happens both ways. It could be with your girlfriends, the circle of friends that you have. They could be toxic, empty, um, happy meal relationships. Or they could be more nurturing. Yeah, because that's one thing I really did notice when you said relationship and friendships and and, and how that's correlated. I Mm -hmm. felt like it made sense. The prefix, I'm I'm a a former English teacher, Uh the prefix re- uh-huh. And relationships literally means back or again. And we are constantly getting feedback back and again from each other. And they, they're informing us of who we are. Okay. What we like and what we don't like. You could be around someone diabetically sweet and just say, I can't do her. Yeah. I can't. And honoring that. Yeah. And 
we tend to think, well, this is an amazing cup of coffee, but if you're lactose intolerant, I don't mm-hmm. care how great that coffee it, is. Yeah. It's going to make you sick. So the friendship diet mm-hmm. is literally a diet that's unique for each person. You have to figure out, the journey is figuring out and not that is forcing for you. yourself to eat or to drink the coffee, for example, just because that coffee's been there forever and it's been around forever, but you just don't have similar values anymore. You're not leading life the same way. Maybe they are doing something that's against your own systems and the way that you see life. I mean, I think that happens a lot and that changes a lot through time, especially with like long-term friendships, long-term relationships. People evolve. People are supposed to change. Right. And we tend to resist that. Right. Well, this is my diet. This is what I do. This is what I've been eating ever since the beginning. (laughs) I'm not going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't give ourselves enough compassion. Right. Wait a second. This is a diet, this friendship. When we we go for our walks every morning and we've known each Mm -hmm. other since second grade. But she's been mean to me. She has this bitter sarcasm and I'm sick of it. I don't deserve it. It's Why do you think so many people, especially women, I hear it from a lot of women, are okay eating those emotional cookies. You call them emotional cookies and cakes. <laughs> <laughs> because they feel good for that moment and they're, oh, so yummy. But then later on, you're filled with regret and like shaming and like, yeah, I don't know why I ate that cake. I yes. shouldn't have eaten it. Yeah. It's self-hatred and... Um, yeah. And that's why one of my chapters, I talk exactly to that, which is um, recognizing the bar of soap in your mouth. Yes. Um, I had that experience yeah. where for years I was... You eating. hated the cilantro, <laughs> which is a staple in Mexican cuisine in Texas. And here you are in Texas. <laughs> but, and, and so I, I, I put it inward, right? I reflected there's something wrong with me. Everybody yeah. else likes the taste of uh-huh. it. Yeah, It's yeah. me. It's me. And then I, when that gentleman at Freebird said, oh, no, ma'am, uh, you have a genetic whatever it is uh-huh. that causes it to taste like soap. That's not your fault. The sad fact that I needed to be told it wasn't my fault yes. made me realize, okay, you're not done cleaning out your fridge. Yeah. And maybe as long as we're on earth, we're never done cleaning out our fridge. No, we'll always fill it up and then <clears throat> look at it again and see if we have. To. And it's like a constant checking yourself. I think that's what you say. It's like a self-awareness. You call your, you say, well, am I checking myself first? Am I, am I in this relationship or this friendship? Because it just means I have to be here. Does it make me feel good though? There's a story in there where, um, you said it was something about the what was her name? Uh, Tracy, I think the name was Tracy, and she was uh, she was talking about how she was in a in a date and she couldn't deal with the date anymore. I mean, she was thinking she kept saying to herself, "Well, I don't really feel good," but then she was like, "But what if this whole situation isn't good? Why am I just you know putting this blame on me?" When it's yes. the whole situation and the whole feeling that I have over this whole date, why do I insist on staying here and continuing this date that's not going anywhere? Because, you know, we're so afraid of, like, you know, disappointing others. Absolutely. <clears throat> that's where it's interesting that you bring that up. That uh, was just such a good story because it made so much sense. We tend to, as I think more females do this, we are people pleasers. I went on a date not too long ago with a gentleman. Uh, and I knew within one minute it wasn't going 
you know immediately. You know, yeah. sometimes you're not sure. Right. But I knew immediately. Uh-huh. And I, I just nipped it in the butt. I, <laughs> I, I thanked him for his time, and I said, you know, I just didn't feel a romantic connection. Um, and he wrote back again and again <laughs> saying, wow, you're really evolved. Um, oh. You're like a unicorn. I can't believe you told me that. I wouldn't have done the same. Okay. And I think women tend to run around with this um, sense of responsibility to make the other party happy that men don't seem to carry with them. Right. We have this tendency to nurture. Are you okay? Let me get you that emotional cake. (laughs) Let me serve you. Let me serve you. And we forget to serve ourselves. We do. It was Tracy McMillan. I just saw it. I just, yeah. uh On her first date and asking herself how she's feeling about herself in this presence. And, um, and she's like, it's more about how I feel more than how it feels about me. She's like, I won't starve the friendship. It, no, you, you mentioned don't starve the friendship. It's founded on commitment to yourself. Everything starts from there. So do you find, Sherry, that when you're starving, you will just eat anything in your way? And it happens for friendships and relationships? That because you're just so hungry and so desperate for attention or love or affection, that literally the first person that just gives it to you, you're going to go for it. I think if we're not vigilant, yes. Yeah. I think it's, like I wrote about in the book, there's two components. Yeah. It's that checking in with yourself and then taking action. And we can't always control what we feel. I mean, during uh, the, the, the winter break, I had COVID and I couldn't see my kids because I love them and I'm divorced. Yeah. So they stayed with their dad. Uh-huh. And at that point, I wanted a dog. I, w- I wanted any, just, I felt like a... You need a companionship. Yes, yeah. I was starving for it. Mm-hmm. But I also checked in with myself and knew that just like the ocean, these emotions pass. And while I can't control how I feel, I can control what I do about it. How can a woman check herself? Well, I offer reflections at the end of every right. chapter. Every chapter there's a reflection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, re that prefix back or again. You think of a reflection in a mirror. You're, we're always checking ourselves out. You know, how does my butt look? What, yeah. You know, do, do my, you know, is my mascara on right? You know, whatever it is. Um, is that an age spot? What the heck's that? Um, and it's the same with, if it's it's a muscle. We go to the gym to exercise, mm-hmm. and the first time you do it, you feel like roadkill, and the yeah. next day you do a little You're more. getting better and better with yeah. time. Yeah, it's just, it's building that muscle. It's walking the walk. Um, there was a TED Talk speaker who talked about motivation. You can, to get motivation, you need to actually just start doing stuff. Yeah. If you talk yeah. about it, it's I not. saw the same one. It was action yeah. before motivation. Yes. yes. Just do it. Yes. Just do it. Just put yourself out there and, again, go into that wilderness. And I think there's just a level of fear that I think people are just so uncomfortable. First of all, getting out of their comfort zone is difficult for a lot of people. Oh, God, yeah. And then the fear of failure, like fear of being um, denied. Oh, yeah. Or like when you get on a, on, a, on a dating site. And so a lot of women tell me, well, it's, it's so scary to get on a dating site because there's so many, so little men for all the women that are out there. Um, Mm. the percentages are so, so skewed that there's just so little men that the women are all kind of heading towards the same guy over and over and over. And so that person is just always kind of flattered that there's always women after them. 
Mm. And so he never feels a commitment, a, a need for to commit to any woman, basically. Um, so they're in a conundrum and single women are in, in yeah. that predicament right now because I think a lot of them are just searching for that life partner. Right. And a lot of men are just searching for the moment. But I think there are those needle in the haystacks. I really do. Um, I recently went on a couple of dates with a gentleman and it was just at that time, if we talk about going out of our comfort zone, uh-huh. when I was writing this book, going out of my comfort zone meant being on my own. God forbid. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So I cleaned out that fridge. Uh-huh. I didn't go out with anyone. And I just worked on myself. And what that meant was nurturing those relationships, including myself. Where do I, that habit, building that muscle. What do I want? What mm-hmm. do I want? I had a very controlling relationship where... It was never asked, what do you want? So that became my MO Mm -hmm. for a good year. You build that muscle. And that doesn't mean I wasn't uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable. Now, here's the interesting part. Mm -hmm. Years later, because I divorced in 2015, and I just shared this with the gentleman I went on the second date with that I really like. Mm -hmm. I just shared this with him last weekend. I said, now I go towards what's uncomfortable. I go towards what's vulnerable because we're all going to die. We're all going to die. No one's getting out of here alive. And Mm -hmm. I rather live, as Brene Brown says, bravely. Bravely. Daring greatly than live safely but dying a little bit every moment. And so I told him now going towards the discomfort, my new discomfort is actually the opposite. It's actually being in a relationship. I have gotten so good at unclogging toilets on my own and hammering pictures up evenly. Independence. Independence. Hear me roar. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I make my own money. No one's telling me what to wear. My ex-husband told oh, me what to goodness. wear. He told me what to eat. Um, so do you even have a paradigm of what a good relationship looks like and what it feels like? So that when you do enter that, do you know that that's good and, and satisfying? It's a filet mignon that's your that's there for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can you recognize that or or do you start to feel imposter syndrome where you feel like you don't deserve this beautiful, wonderful relationship? This man is too good for me. No. I don't okay. feel that way anymore. Good. So no. it's part of the working yes. and the getting rid of the stuff in the refrigerator. Absolutely. The and it was interesting because I was vulnerable. He was vulnerable too. He said, you want to know something? He told me two things. He said, I want a relationship like the Reagans had. And I said, what does that mean? He oh, said, yeah. They had each other's back. Yes. And, and then when I told him about my Mm, discomfort with actually being in a relationship. Okay. Because I've gotten so good at, I've got this, I've got everything. Yeah. He agreed with me. He said, I'm in the same exact place. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing, but, um, and I've gotten so used to being (coughs) on my own as well. And so it was like this emotional sigh that came out between us. Like we were both looking at our figurative empty fridges going, Uh uh now what? And when you can be open with someone and say, hey, there's no no rule here. There's no paradigm. Yes. We're going to figure this out and it's going to be ever evolving. And you don't need to have all the answers now. Let's just go step by step, basically, without the plan. Mm -hmm. Just no plan. We're just going to see and, and be willing to know that you might get hurt. It's that's there are no guarantees. 
But at least you have that muscle of checking in with your fridge. So one of the questions that I have is if you had a McDonald's relationship or a Taco Bell relationship, <laughs> um, can you say that you can, like, it, it satiates you. It makes you feel good for those moments. You feel, you know, good because that's what that food is designed to do. It's supposed to make you feel like you want more of it. You know, right, that's right. how it's designed. That's oh, what yeah. the chefs at those places do with that. Um, and then find that you'll regret it. How can you can, how can you motivate the young women or the people out there or whoever reads your book, like when they read your book, to use those lessons to get out of that of that pattern of just eating fast food all the time? Just to remind themselves to be self-compassionate. Be kind to yourself. Talk to yourself. This is an exercise I've done a lot of. Okay. You write a letter to your highest self or from yourself to your childhood self. You've got this. Yeah. I'm with you right now. I love that. I, I adore you. And um, self-talk. And self that's self Compassionate self-talk. Yeah, it, there's nothing like it. And I would also recommend, I've done this, you write a letter to the universe of what you want mm -hmm. in another partner. Yeah. And just leave it. I mm -hmm. know it's already happened because you can refer back to that letter, the, the list to the universe, and see if, it, if that person is, you know, true to you. And again, it's different for everyone. I want someone personally who is going to support me emotionally, mm -hmm. who's going to to say, I, you've got this, I believe in you, who's yes. going to be a cheerleader and wants me to be his cheerleader, yeah. but doesn't try to um, change me. And or control my, you. Or control me, accepts my you. flaws. Mm -hmm. like, because I have flaws. We all have flaws. Um, right. And, and I think somebody has to also earn your vulnerability. You know, I, yes, I shared what I shared on that. That is day, such a good quote. You need to write that down okay. a thousand times. <laughs> Somebody needs to earn your vulnerability because we share too much too soon and they haven't earned it. And then no. we're wondering why they step on our hearts. Yeah. Because yeah. we open it too quickly and too soon. Yeah. It's and they didn't earn it. They didn't earn it. What I shared on that date, on that second date, was literally, hey, this is where I am. And this is this this is a big deal for me. To he see. earned your vulnerability though at two dates. He, no, no, no. That's the that's the oxymoron. Okay. I was vulnerable with him in terms of what I wanted to share. Okay. I knew that I needed to tell him that because I didn't want to waste my time or his. So hey, you need to know this. I am. So comfortable being on my own. And mm -hmm. for me to not stay on this trajectory, it's going to be a slow moving ship. Right, right. And, and that was more of a, now you know. And he said the same thing, which makes me want to open up more that we're going slowly. But no, am I going to tell him about you know, something that more is, personal. Yeah. No, that's yeah. definitely something that's that waits. To earn. Yeah. That I see what you're saying. So it's in small parts and since, and, but you felt comfortable enough to share as far as you've shared with him. Yes. Yeah. And, and that was because of all the years I've been checking in with myself, I was listening to him on the date. I was watching how he treated the waitress. Um, uh, 
I, I listened to how he talked about his children and how he talked about um, just, you know, he, he spends his free time helping out in a foster home for kids. You know, it's really important that you mention that as well. And guys, listeners, please, this is such a, an important part of this because sometimes we're overlooking those, um, those little idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. because we're so desperate to have somebody or be satiated by this hunger of love yeah. that we don't pay attention to a lot of those little signs and a lot of little ways that they for example, how they behave around others, how they treat other people, how they speak about others. Um, And if you're paying attention to those things, they will tell you a lot about themselves. That's one thing my husband and I always do because whenever he has like a business meeting, he always brings me along because he's like, you're so good at observing all those things that when I'm speaking, I'm not looking at, but he's like, you're looking at the way he speaks. You're looking at the way he talks to the people around him. He talks, you look at how he's dressed. He's like, you even look at like what he's wearing like there's so he always like trusts my judgment and I've been really I think I've been like at a hundred percent when I come around I'm like that guy is shady do not do business with that guy he is just not good and and it ultimately turns out that the guy was not good because you have but I've learned to read you know yes to read people we don't give ourselves enough credit yeah and I think young women especially yeah they um and trusting their guts too. Yeah. I think they they deny themselves that opportunity to trust their gut instinct. Mm-hmm. I think they feel like if they're trusting it too much, they're not giving themselves an opportunity to be adventurous enough. But but your gut is something very powerful. Yeah. It's extremely powerful, and it's meant to check you. Absolutely, it's not meant to be denied. It's supposed to check you. You know, that's your staple in your yes. in the fridge of your soul. <laughs> That's, uh-huh. that's, that's, you need that more than anything. Yes, yeah. And even with my sons, you know, when I ask them questions and sometimes they are, they're doing something, I'm like, well, how do you feel about that? Like, what in your tummy? Does it feel good or does it feel like, uh, like you have, mm. but, like you feel nausea? Yes. And, and that in itself is like an indicator for them that something isn't right. Something is not good. You're such a good mom. You that's know? the best and thing. I, I, that's the be- <laughs> it's, just, it's just listen to your body. Listen yeah. to how you feel. Do you think that social media adds to the pressure of like us, you know, needing to 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 satiate this hunger on yeah. a constant basis? I mean, couple goals, hashtag couples, hashtag love, hashtag Valentine's Day. I mean, is there's like a like a saturation of that, isn't there? Absolutely. I just wrote a blog post about this. Oh, what good. love what's love got to do with I it? I need to go read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my site. Yeah. Sherry. Uh, hyphen jacobs.com it's it, it's today's post and and i write about why we get nauseous on this never-ending diet of uh, retail therapy and you know every kiss begins with k yeah you know it, it's the whole marketing behind uh, it is just insane and that what we tend to not realize, because I was trying to think, like, I was going into my whole food for thought, food for the soul. Like, why does it make me want to vomit? Uh-huh. Whether I'm uh-huh. in a relationship or not, why am I, like, wanting to, you know, throw my <laughs> my phone at the, the Hallmark channel? You know, I feel what the is, same way about Christmas because it's too yes, much. And I feel like you're much. trying to sell Christmas to me too damn much so that I buy Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. That's right? So Valentine's is the same thing. Yes. And it's it's really the happy meal dating um, that they're offering. Yes. It's, it's all outer manifestations. And um, I remember, and I'm going to speak to this right now, when my first husband and I were newlyweds, 
we were at a dance club, and the woman came over to the dance club it, with the with flowers. She was selling roses. Do you remember back in those days? We went to the yeah. Now they don't go to nightclubs. Yeah, so no, was yeah. Thing. She would walk around yeah, table yeah. to table. Yeah, and um, you know, the, again, my husband passed, and I love him dearly, and I always will. But he, um, back then, I was in my early twenties, and I was a and. I wasn't a reflection. I wasn't self-reflecting at all. And he, she came up to me and and um, oh, she she said to my husband, um, "Do you want to buy the the girl a, a uh-huh. rose?" And he's like, "No, no, it's good." And you know, now at my age, I'd be like, "Of course not. That's so stupid. Like, I don't need a, a rose." Um, but back then, <coughs> I was a I I took it to heart. I said, "What you? What you don't think I'm? I'm worthy of a rose?" Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's it's so infantile. It's you know, it's all marketing. You know how I know he loved me because you know he'd he'd make me dinner when I come home from work. You know he did the laundry. He told me that I made him so happy. That's your rose. But when we look externally for things, yeah. you're going to end up starving because that stuff doesn't last. When And I ask the listeners, when you look back on your life, whether you're 20 listening to this or 70, when you look back on your life, think about the moments that lit you up from within, whether it was with a friendship, a parent, a lover. It doesn't really matter. The moments that fed you, I mean really fed you, had nothing to do with the figurative rose that you could buy at a nightclub. It was the moments that said, you matter. Yes. That's what we're hungry for. We're hungry to know we matter. That's the stuff that satiates, not the shiny stuff. And And definitely not those social media postings. No, they're so empty. And I see these beautiful girls posting, and I'm like, you are so worthy you're yeah. so beautiful. Don't give it away. Yeah. Yeah. That I think there's a, there's a, um, a pressure that's so intense, especially in like the younger generations yeah. that they still haven't learned. It takes some wisdom to get to the point where you are now, where that rose really is insignificant considering he, you know, you come home to a nice dinner from him. But I think there's a level of wisdom that needs to come with years of experience yeah. and just, uh, you know, experiences and, and relationships. And so realizing that now us, you know, I'm 46 and I'll look back at them and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I but I can't say anything. I really no. shouldn't. It's really not my place because they're going to learn along the way uh, on their own terms and at their own path. And by the way, who am I? Like, you know, why am I even like, you know, f- uh, interested in that? That person is is leading their life the way they want to lead their life. That's Absolutely. totally fine, too. Um, and so for me, like one thing that I just wanted to uh, mention is is with this book, I think also and I just thought about this just now, it's another good way of like, maybe a subtle way of telling a friend, you are in a junk relationship, you need to read this book. Because (laughs) I think you'll identify this, you know, because sometimes we're so afraid to tell our friends that they're being, you know, misused, they're being um, abused, mental, physical, emotional abuse. But we're so afraid to tell people. We don't want you know, to hurt. We're we don't afraid to hurt. rock we the boat. We're so yeah. afraid. But you see it from the outside looking in, and you know it, and you can see it, and you can feel it, you know, when you walk into their relationship, and you know that that's happening. So maybe this would be a great way for you to say, hey, I just found this book. Yes. I think you'll like it. Because 
yes. I really think it has like some good um, ways for you to kind of self become more self-aware and reflect on your own personal life. Not just your relationships, but your friendships, your friendships, your friendships with yourself, your own relationship with you, with who you are. And you'll never starve when you focus on yourself. You, you'll have the best Valentine's Day if you treat yourself and realize you are you are the sweetheart. Yeah. We have a, we have a hard time accepting that. Well, because I think there's also a low self esteem. Yeah, and there's a lot of conditioning that happens in the world, and social media has a lot to do with that as well. There's so much conditioning to yeah. not uh, appreciate ourselves because it's selfish, or because it looks like you're just too full of yourself. Yeah, and we're all facades. That's the thing. Right. How often do you get together with a friend and you've seen her Facebook? post and it looks like she's yes. having an amazing time right. and you find out behind the scenes that the couple had a fight yeah and they're they found out their daughter is doing drugs yeah you know yeah and just, i think a lot of people just uh don't don't want to put you know, and i don't know if anybody should be putting their dirty laundry out there for everybody to know you know no, but no, it's but also it's, a, it's it's keeping up i think of a duck you know, on the surface, everything looks yeah. smooth, but you but don't know what's going on. Little feet under the water, like yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just like stop posting how perfect your life is, yeah. and and just and just enjoy the fresh air. I think there's a little bit of self fulfilling prophecy that's going on. I think they want it to be like that so yes. bad that if they force it or make it happen over and over and over, that it'll eventually become that way, and it doesn't obviously because that's not how things work. But they want it to be so badly like the other you know housewife down the street mm -hmm. or like the other friend who has the perfect life and the perfect marriage and the perfect you know everything but yet you really don't know anything about it but you yourself you're trying over here so hard to 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 catch up and be you know comparing yourself to those those people and what if and that's where i ask the listeners to dare themselves to say what if today i just didn't care yeah what if i didn't care what would happen? How would you live differently? Um, we we prescribe ourselves the same diet all the time, yeah. and uh, and then we wonder why we're in the situation. Why we're still fat? Why we're still fat? <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote quote fat. fat. Quote, yeah. quote unquote fat. Quote, quote yeah. Unquote fat. <laughs> you know, but that's true. That's true because. You know, as a high schooler, I was in a really terrible relationship. It was awful. And my dad, like, sat me down one day and he's like, do you realize that you're, like, eating McDonald's every day when you could be having a nice steak dinner? Did you really say <laughs> yes. that? Say, yeah. Maybe I got yeah. the idea of this quote yeah. from my, your dad. No, my dad is too funny because he, he just, like, oh, I think he mentioned to me something like, what are your plans with this guy? I mean, you you know, you're graduating from college and he hasn't done anything with this life and he's still, like, out there trying to figure himself out. And you're over here so smart and so pretty. You haven't even seen the world yet. Yet. what are you doing and he was like so for him it was like you know you're not you're not eating good food when you could be eating way better and I think I just took that to heart and I broke up with a guy and it was the biggest thing and the best thing I ever did and I'm glad my dad pointed out hey look you need to read this book the friendship <laughs> diet you're eating crap girl you're getting toxic it does make you toxic and and if you don't think it is just it it, it manifests in different forms. Yeah, maybe your cholesterol won't go up or you won't get diabetes, but maybe 
you know, you'll develop anxiety or maybe um, yeah. you'll have back problems. Um, the body and mind are very connected. And I noticed when I was married, I had a lot of health issues that suddenly went away. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I In my marriage, I felt like I was always um, on my knees in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and once I left, I went to two different um, knee surgeons and they said, yeah, you're – you've torn your meniscus. It's like Swiss cheese. And I remember thinking of that connection mm-hmm. of mind and body. I also kept getting UTIs um, that I no longer get. And mm-hmm. um, I read Dr. Christian Northrup's book that the body manifests yeah. what you're feeling. And um, I was literally pissed off all wow. the time. And I think a lot of women are pissed off, but they repress it and it comes out in different ways. Ultimately, it takes a toll on your health. Yeah. And absolutely. your mental health and your physical health. Yeah. And if you anyone listening has kids or wants to have kids, you want to be that parent that has self-esteem because guess what? Your kids are watching everything. I love that. That's beautiful. So let's end with this key nugget that I got from your book that I just, to me, it was like, this is the key nugget from the book because it really resonated with me. When we remove the comforting fat of denial and build a dish made of authenticity and kindness, always beginning with ourselves first, we will never experience emotional malnutrition. Wow. I love that. Thank you. I love that. And I think when I read that, I said, that is the nugget right there. Because you're absolutely correct. It's comforting. But we're denying ourselves in that comfort. We, we are. And and I want to encourage the listeners to have fun with yourself. Get out your five-year-old kid. She or he is in there. And when you start to feel lonely, say, well, what can I do now? Instead of what can I do? What can I do now? Oh, my God. You know who I haven't spoken to? So-and-so. Let yeah. me give him a call. What can I do now? I need a pedicure. I'm going to give myself right. a pedicure. Yeah. When you when you shift <laughs> the perspective and you have to have humor, when you shift the perspective mm-hmm. um, to what what satisfies you as opposed to what satisfies mm-hmm. you know someone else, right? Um, you you you're happy, and as we talked about at the start of this conversation, the energy shifts, and so your life shifts. I love it. Sherry, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest on my podcast. You know, my listeners know that I always try to bring new perspectives to them um, and uh, that they cannot craft the life they wish to live if they don't have the right tools. So I think this book is an amazing tool. I think it's a good way, and I guess uh, for me, to self-reflect as well, you know, because I I am in a really happy marriage, but I do self-reflect and I know that I have to look at what's not working as well. And what can I do to better that as well? So I love that. I think it's so important and so wonderful for us to to be able to do those things and clean out the refrigerator as many times as we need to. I think, you know, we forget to do that. So listeners, if you're looking to um, uh, get a gift, I think this is a perfect gift. And where can they find your book, Sherry? Yeah, it's uh, on Amazon. You can buy it on my website. It's on Kobo. My publisher has a ton of... (laughs) places where you could buy it. I have to work on my marketing skills. But yes, you can get it on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, everywhere. 
Yeah, or you can also get it on Kindle. I got it on the Kindle as well, and it was great. And also, let's follow Sherry at Sherry Jacobs Author. Jacobs Uh, Author. Sherry, C-H-E-R-I. Oh, S-H-E-R-I. (laughs) S-H. See, I need my glasses. Oh, I do, I didn't put them on. I left mine in the car. (laughs) So I'm over here guessing what letter that is. Let me put them on. Okay. S. S E. Oh no, no S H. <laughs> Why don't you do it? Why you can, don't you do you it? You know your own handle on Instagram, uh, and oh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, and you can tell I'm not um, media savvy. I'm usually uh, I'm just writing. I prefer good communication, and but uh, every once in a while I do get on social media, um, and it's at S H E R I Jacobs J A C O B S author. That's my handle. That's the term. I'm so hip. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.